called Everything Changed. Everything Changed. Life is full of surprises, some good, some not so good. Yesterday, we heard equipment pull up in behind our house and um, beautiful pine trees that shield us from our neighbors. Um, we really liked it. Four hours later, they were all gone. So now I can see into my neighbor's living room. I hope I can't see into their bedroom. I could see last night, if I wanted to, what they're watching on TV. Their room, the guy across the street. Um, we don't like that change. And so we're already, Chris and I are already planning what we're going to do to change that change. Uh, you might have some suggestions, something that grows really quickly. And uh, yeah, but there are other things that happen in life that we, we can't reverse it. And a few years ago, just two and a half years ago, not quite two and a half years ago, um, we had a call from our youngest daughter. And uh, she had her education, had her a PhD, had a job, and the baby was about to be born. And we got a call. It was to be born, the, I believe, the next day. That that day, they found the heartbeat was still. And everything changed. I didn't, we didn't know grief like that. Everything changed. And it was a long plane ride out to Missouri, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But five or six months later, something else changed. And our daughter and son-in-law said, we, we have some news we're expecting. Everything changed. Little Aria was born, and she is a total pistol. And... Uh, they FaceTimed us yesterday, and she's, uh, I don't know, 15, 16 months old, and she's meowing at us, meow, meow, you know. And I said, when are you coming home? We want to see you. Everything changed. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means that everything has changed. Everything has changed. And I want to share this with you today about the hope that we have, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, what took place that made that possible, and about the hope that we have for the future in Him. Paul the Apostle wrote in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and you can read along with me. He said these words concerning the gospel and the resurrection. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, 
but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. I want you to imagine with me for a moment, if you could, the dawn of the resurrection Sunday, when the Marys came to the tomb to finish embalming the body of Jesus. And at first light, they were there. And they came, and they were bearing spices. His body had been wrapped the night before hastily with a hundred pounds of spices. But they came to anoint him. They knew the tomb, uh, the, the rock had been rolled in front of the tomb, but uh, nothing would de- deter them. And they just had to know that someone would help move that rock. And when they got there, they found, to their surprise, that, that the stone had been rolled away. And I can imagine what went through their heart. Did someone steal his body? And the angel appeared to them and said, He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. And at that moment, Everything changed for them, and everything has changed for you and for me and for this world. In fact, Paul said that if it was not for the resurrection, our hope is in vain. But because of the resurrection, we have the joy of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Praise his name. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's word tells us that our sins were nailed to the cross and that God made peace with us through the suffering and the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Praise his name. And because of the resurrection, we have a hope for tomorrow and we have a hope for today and more than a hope in the past because our past has been settled. There's three things I want to share with you this morning about what the resurrection means. The first means is this, that God took matters into his own hands. Acts chapter 2, 23 and 24 says this, This man, talking about Jesus, Delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God, how many love the but gods of the scripture? But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. God took matters into his own hands, meaning that the plans of God for this world and his creation will not be frustrated. And the plans that God has for your life to give you a future and a hope will not be frustrated if you believe and put your faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ today Everything can change for you today. Praise his name. When we were kids, my brother Phil and myself, we, we lived on, our room was, was in, on the third floor, the attic, the converted attic. And on Saturdays, 
there was a rule that we couldn't go outside and play until we did our, our, uh, cleaned our room. And how many know that's the most agonizing sentence that two boys could ever have? You can eat breakfast, but no TV, no playing, till you clean your room. And so we'd go up and, and guess what we did? We'd lay on the bed. We'd argue. We'd do everything except clean the room. And the time was wasting away. And then we'd hear a voice of one of my parents. You fellows get in that room clean? Yes. A few minutes later, we'd hear up the steps. And that's when we would spring into action. Because they had decided to take matters into their own hands. And the history of this world that humanity has treated God shabbily, his love. Treated as God as though there were no consequences and treated God as though he didn't matter and treated God as though he didn't love us and treated God as though we just didn't want him hanging around in our life and we treated God shabbily. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The resurrection means this, that when he took matters into his own hands that that God through Jesus came and bridged the gap. He came towards us. And you have to understand that in the history of the world, and today in most of the world, in fact, that, that the superior never goes to the inferior. It's always the inferior that must pay up, that must own up, that must come this way. And that's what makes the account of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 so amazing is that, is that the father who is a representative of our heavenly father and the youngest son said, I want my money now, old man, from what you're going to leave me in the will. I want it now before you die. What would you do if one of your kids said that to you? Call the attorney say, take that sucker out of the will. You know, like, no, leave him in, but just give him a little bit. But the father gave it to him, and the prodigal son went on his way, and he wasted the blessings of his father with riotous living. One day he came to his senses, and he came back, and he said, if I could only be a servant in my father's house, maybe they'll let me have something to eat. God's word says that the father, the father was looking for him. And when he saw the familiar figure of his son a long way off, that Middle Eastern father, that proud individual, that superior, ran to his son and threw his arms around him. And he said, my son that was lost has now been found. When God took matters into his own hands, He came to us because we couldn't go to him. And that's what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. It means Paul said that Christ died for our sins because he could. Only he was the perfect lamb of God. And he redeemed us back from Satan's power. 
And we're purchased with his precious blood. He paid the penalty for our sins rather than God exacting punishment from us. Paul said this, not only did he die for our sins, but this is the three-legged stool, the gospel, if you would, that he died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again. Any one of these three legs, it's hard for me to do it, any one for these three legs missing, the stool falls over. But he was buried. That means he was really dead. Paul put that there. He was really dead. It wasn't just the figment of our imagination. Look, no one came back from hanging on the cross and death at the hands of the Roman executioners. <laughs> no, there was no plan B. You hung there. They beat you. They thrust things in your side. They crucified you until you were dead. And as the day drew close, even Pilate intervened, and he took matters into his hands, and he said to the Roman executioners, to the centurion, rather, that was head of them, is he really dead? And the man certified that he was really dead. It's important to know that Christ was buried for our sins. He was dead. All hope was gone. There, there was, he would not come back to earth, or he would not come back to life of his own power, but he was dead, and they took him away, and they buried him. But the Bible says also this, that on the third day he was raised in power and in glory because death could not hold him. Praise his name. Amen. Death could not hold him. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that we, are, that we can be saved from our sins, that we can know the joy of God, and we can know the washing of of His precious blood that washes away of our sins and God forgets them never to be remembered anymore. In fact, the Bible says He puts them in the sea of His forgetfulness and the one thing that God can't do is He can't remember your sins once He forgave them. They're gone forever. Can someone say amen? That's why everything changes If any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Everything changes. But God's word says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We must receive salvation. And his love and his work on Calvary in our lives. And then stand in it so that God can have his way in our life. The second thing it means is this. Resurrection means there's a a new story of hope. A new story of hope. Friends, when God takes things into his own hands, the situation is going to change. First Peter one twenty one says, Who through him are believers? in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. I want to just share something with you this week that, that as I was preparing and praying and studying, and that's this, that both faith and doubt can exist without reason. There's a, there's, a, there's, there's a reason for that. 
Our reasoning as humans is often flawed, and it changes. I've talked with people who have known the Lord and have turned their back on God and His goodness. And when I've asked them, what, how come? Could, could you just tell me what happened? Oh, once in a while, someone will blame it on the church. You know, how many know the church is a big target? Listen, Jesus saves us, not the church. He's the one who died for you and loves you and was resurrected, not the church. Now, if the church is the only thing that Jesus is coming back for, but that doesn't hold up. Or we've been on someone's, once in a while, been on some websites for atheists and say, oh, that's why. But really, the more I talk with people and I drill down, I find out there's no reason. There's no reason for unbelief. There doesn't have to be a reason. It's simply because that's what I choose to do. In fact, in faith, doesn't need a reason to exist. Because faith itself is evidence. Now, faith is the evidence of things not seen. And so, Peter wrote this, that our faith and our hope rest on God. God's Word says that he that comes to God must believe that he is. And so we make that, we make a choice and we say, Lord, I choose to believe in you. I want you in my life. It's a new story of new hope. It means because he lives, I live. How about you? Praise God. Yeah. It means that the power that raised Christ from the dead also will quicken our bodies. It means that this new story of hope means that he fills our hearts in a way that nothing else can fill. Nothing else can fill. The disciples said on the road to Emmaus, on the Emmaus road, they didn't recognize Jesus. And then after a while, when they recognized him, he had left them. They said, oh, how our hearts burned within us. And when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, He fills our heart, and there's a dimension of God that happens in our lives that that nothing else in this life or relationship can begin to be duplicated. Uh, The Marys on on that day, that that Mary, the the Mary that came uh, and, and started to touch Jesus, and Jesus said, don't do that. He said, because I haven't yet ascended to my Father And he said, and to your father. All of a sudden, God, who was far away because of the resurrection, it changed everything. And 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 Jesus said to Mary, he's not only my father, he's now your father. Your father. He's not hanging on a cross. He's not up in the cloud, some hazy, mythical figure that we have to fear, that we have to worry about. He said, I've not yet ascended to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. 
God's drawn near to us. It means that it means that peace with God, hope and joy. And I, I leaned over to my wife this morning in both services, and I was I was just absolutely caught away with the joy of the Lord this morning. How about you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, My my peace I give to you, not like the world gives. And that the joy of the Lord is his strength. I am convinced that one of the main schemes of the devil is to steal the joy of the followers of Jesus Christ. I'm convinced of it. The other day I, I met with a friend who's, who's here this morning. We met for, for coffee and, and uh, breakfast and I had two donut holes. I didn't have nearly what I wanted, but I had two donut holes on top of everything else. But we talked about, hey, you need dessert, right? I mean, what's a meal without dessert? Uh, I really wanted one of those big bear claws or something they call it. You know, I, I'm going to change that subject. But we talked about some of the things going on in the world and, my goodness, Syria and the Middle East and Afghanistan and China and the Kremlin and North Korea and the more we talked I finally said to my friend I said man it just gets bleaker and bleaker and bleaker let alone what's going on on both sides of the aisle on Capitol Hill and what it and the media it just gets it's crushing But when Jesus Christ came, there's a new hope of a new story, a new story of a new hope. Everything changes because he came. This is what the scripture says. He came to usher in his kingdom, which is a new reality, which begins when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it's not only for the forgiveness of sins, but it's for everyday life. And it's so strong, it will take us to heaven one day. Praise his name. Amen. Listen. The leadership of the Kremlin and of China and North Korea did not die for my sins. Our elected officials did not die for my sins. The turmoil in this world I can't do anything about, but the great news today is this, that God gives us a peace and a hope that's built upon the solid rock Christ Jesus, praise his name. And that's something that I believe God wants us to guard as a sacred treasure, what God has given to us, praise his name. We're going to see a, a story in just a moment about the Hassets and uh, Ed and Adrena and their little daughter, Glory. What a wonderful couple. And uh, they can be described as the dynamic duo. Both have overcome serious health threats and received kidney transplants. Ed Hassett's faith became real through his health trials. He found his hope in Jesus and discovered God had a plan and a purpose for his life. Following his transplant, he started attending grace regularly on his own and was water baptized. Adrena clung to faith when her life took a dramatic and unforeseen turn. 
and Adrena, her church and family and friends, all put their hope and faith in God for her recovery. And through their challenges, they both have become stronger people who know that with God, nothing is impossible. Adrena began attending Grace after they married. And this is a wonderful story of hope. And as Ed says, when Jesus puts his arm around you, he'll never let you go. Let's watch this. I was raised Catholic, uh, went to church regularly, went to Catholic schools, and uh, yeah, after high school through the years, I slowly was you know backsliding in, a, in what I consider a non-practicing Christian. Then in around the middle of December, I fell down a flight of steps, and when I finally could get up the next day, next afternoon, I got to the phone, called a friend of mine. Ten minutes later, he was at my front door. He said, come on up. I'm going to take you to the hospital. From that point, uh, everything became a blur. It was people just scrambling. Hoses, needles, tubes, doctors calling in specialists. I spent nine days in the intensive care unit in the hospital, uh, not knowing if it was day or night. This is the first few days uh, the doctor had sent a, a priest in to talk to me and wanted to, wanted to know if I wanted last rites. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be all right, aren't I? And he said, uh, he said, they don't know. I was diagnosed with acute kidney disease. And my whole entire family stepped up to be tested, to be donors. I had several friends who wanted to be tested. My One of my older sisters, Danny, uh, was a good match. And we decided uh, so she was going to give me one of her kidneys. They compared the antigens in my blood to what was in her blood, and it was a 90% mismatch with her blood to mine. I was very getting very discouraged, and I prayed to God, I was like, forgive me, I can't do this. I didn't tell anybody about that, that was just between me and God. I was, I was gonna start, I was just gonna refuse treatment. Just, you know, within a couple of days, the university called us and said, well, we, we wanna do one more set of tests. Can, can you and your sister come down and we're going to do another set of tests? I think it was the next day they called and they said antigen mismatch was now 0%. There was no mismatch and we could go on with the transplant. Of course, I said, are you sure? How can this be? They said, uh, can you be at the hospital Friday morning? So we, we want to do your transplant. That was definitely... Uh, a big, uh, great hope for me that, uh, yeah, after all this 10 months later, I, I am going to be better. I am going to get better. Diagnosed with lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, in 2002. 2007, I had a major lupus flare, which sent me to the hospital. I was losing my eyesight. Three doctors told my mom that I would probably be blind, so they started trying to save my eyes first. My parents had everyone that they knew, acquaintances, pretty much everyone everywhere praying for me. Well, praise God, <laughs> the test ended up coming back negative for lupus inflammation, and my eyesight slowly started returning. God saw me through it all, and um, he answered prayers, and he brought me through and spared my life. The only thing that didn't fully recover was my kidney function. Four years on dialysis, I was finally able to receive my kidney transplant. 
my kidney donor, she um, was involved in a car accident, a bad car accident, and um, her name was Shekinah. And how I got to have Shekinah's kidney um, is evidence of God's handiwork um, in my life as well. A week or so before uh, I got the call to go in for the kidney transplant, I went into Big Lots and I ran into a woman from church. Her name was um, Rosalind. And I'd known Rosalind for some years, but I had never seen her before outside of church in quite some time. So we started talking, and um, I told her that I still was in need of a kidney. And she said she'd pray, and we parted ways. Well, later I would find out that Rosalind was one of the first people at the hospital um, after Shekinah's horrific car accident. And she was able to inform the medical team of someone who was in need of a kidney. So if I had never mentioned that I needed a kidney, then she would have never known to say that she knew someone. So, you know, God is always working behind the scenes, whether you know it or not. And um, so the uh, kidney transplant was amazingly successful, miraculously successful. The kidney started working right away. And uh, the post-transplant doctor though, told me um, she basically <laughs> ordered me not to get pregnant. So we, yeah, we got the call one morning, and uh, there was a three-week-old who was in the hospital. She was due to be discharged actually that day <laughs> in a few hours, and um, we found out that her name was Glory. We knew, I think, from that point on that you know, Glory was God's gift to us directly to us <laughs> it's, it, it's just amazing one thing after another uh, I don't like throwing a word miracle around but uh, when there's things Series that you just can't really explain more than a coincidence right uh, we knew God had his hand in our lives right so I have been lupus free for several years now praise God God is good <laughs> God has answered prayers um, and I want you to know that no matter what you're going through or um, no matter how dire the circumstances or even what the doctors say, that you can always put your hope in Jesus. Never give up on the hope that comes um, with God's love. He loves you so much, and he will always be there for you. One thing I can say for sure, once, once Jesus puts his arms around you, no matter what, where you've been, what you've done, he will not let go of you. We are the Hassets, and this, this is, is our story, story of hope. hope. living proof of a living God. Yeah. Well, there's one other thing. One day, God's Word says that a trumpet is going to sound. And the dead in Christ will rise and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the air. Everything changes forever. In fact, the scriptures say that this is the hope 
of the church. And I'd say based on the hope of Christ's resurrection and the living proof of what's going on in people's lives and around the world today, that there's a pretty good chance, pretty good chance this is true also. In fact, I'm counting on it. I'm counting on it. That trumpet sounds. I don't know where I'll be. Um, My choice is I get to hear it in person, and I've not been buried first, but that's my choice. Paul the Apostle wrote this. He closed out 1 Corinthians 15, and he said, The first Adam became a living soul, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. That means that each one of us, you and I, are all made in the image of God, and that we have a soul that lasts forever and ever 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 somewhere. But this life is relatively short in the light of eternity. But God sent Jesus Christ for you and for me so that he could give us his eternal life. As a living soul, we will also live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. We will live either either in the presence of God in heaven where there's joy forevermore, where there's no more sadness or sorrow, where all tears are wiped away, where all bodies will be healed, where we will worship God forever and ever and ever and ever, or we will live eternally separated from God and there's no hope without hope and without God. But the good news is that we can come to Jesus Christ. Now, Paul wrote these words. He said, I say this, brother, that flesh and blood, however, cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven any more than perishable can inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will all all sleep, but we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised in perishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And he finished by saying this, But thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ, who always gives us the victory. Praise his name. Amen. Praise God. Victory can be yours today because of Jesus Christ. Because he lives, I live also. Praise his name. You and I... You just look at your hands for a moment if you would, and if you're over the age of 60, you will notice that there are wrinkles on your hands that you never thought were going to be there. You will notice that crepey skin has started to form. That's because it's perishable. It doesn't get any better from here. 
So you might as well enjoy it. Don't be depressed because you're getting old. Just enjoy it. Particularly when you know when this thing's over, we go to be to heaven with God. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it's not this body with crepey skin that you all, not me. It's not this body that is perishable that's going to go to heaven. This body will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. The same way that Jesus' earthly body was changed in the twinkling of an eye. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. He loved me and he died for me. One day, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And he washed away my sins. And he filled me with the joy of the Lord. He filled me in a way that my Father's God became my God. My mother's Heavenly Father became my Heavenly Father. And today... You and I have that opportunity, each and every one. It's a personal decision to say, yes, Lord, yes. By faith, I receive you. By faith, I put my trust in you, that you died for my sins according to the Scriptures, and you were buried, and you were raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And when we make that step towards God, all we do is make one step because God came all the way from heaven to earth and he's right there. Praise his name. Praise God. I want to ask Daniel to come if you would. And I want to pray with you. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning as that we've heard the message of Easter and the resurrection and what it means. Aren't you glad that God took matters into his own hands? Yes. Aren't you glad that you can have a new story, a new life? And aren't you glad that you have a choice today that you and I can both make and that one day the trumpet will sound, one day, and our home in heaven is secure because of what he's done for us. Praise his name. Praise the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? If you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you say, Lord, I want you to restore my joy in my life. Lord, joy that I have not known in a long, 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 long time. The joy that you promised And Lord, I ask you to strengthen me right now and that you would also give me your peace that you've promised. Help me to receive it. Would you raise your hand along with mine and say, Lord, restore my joy today. Praise his name. Praise God. Yes. Today, if you want to receive Jesus Christ and know his peace, know that 
your sins are forgiven. There's thrown in the sea of his forgetfulness. And you want to become part of God's family. You want to be born again. You want the gospel to become real in your life, that God's story will now be your story. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now all over the building. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. Just lift your hand up wherever you are. Just lift it up. Just lift it up. Yes, 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 I see that. Other hands this morning. Yes, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yes, yes. I want to pray for you. And if there's someone that's next to you, they can pray. And at the end of this service today, we're going to have people at there's a, what we call a connect table. And someone will walk with you. If you have a friend next to you, they'll walk up with you. And we want to pray for you. And uh, we want to place some things in your hand and be there for you to help you as you begin this walk with Jesus Christ, this walk, the everything changed walk. Praise his name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what has taken place. We thank you, Lord, that your resurrection was not only powerful then, but it's powerful now. In the strong name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Would you stand?